Hey, welcome back. It's JL here, and I just want to welcome you to a brand new set of episodes on this podcast. If you're new, thank you and welcome. And if you are returning, thank you as well and welcome. If you haven't yet um, delved into the library of things that we've spoken about, we're a podcast where we like to have honest chats. That's one of the segments of this podcast and um, one of the other segments is where I personally kind of talk about what I'm thinking about at the moment, something that possibly might uh, <clears throat> something that possibly might um, encourage you and challenge you as well at the same time make you think a little bit more about certain things that perhaps you have been thinking about might give a new perspective on things. The other one of these segments which I'm looking forward to getting my friend back again to do this is we talk a little about wisdom with my friend bunny who is just a wealth of wisdom so i'm looking forward to doing that but in any case if you haven't yet um, go back and go through the library of things that we have spoken about there is topics on fatherhood we have topics on um, pain and suffering we have talked about mental health identity relationships almost everything we haven't actually quite covered everything so i'm still um, going through that uh, but the whole idea is to keep encouraging people to have this conversation to keep on exploring but to take it back to your specific community of faith and to talk about these things i believe in jesus and i think that he is the answer for the world and for all of humanity's um, all of humanity searching and everywhere everything that we're looking into and so as you're listening to this conversation you're going to be listening to conversation with craig where we actually talk about the authority of the bible uh, jesus relationship to it jesus, the bible's relationship with the bible um, where it sits in today's culture and society from what we have seen and observed and so i want to encourage you whether this is episode one two or three um, of this three-part series to take it in, um, listen, and if you're challenged, go and speak to somebody in your community, talk these things out, go back and read with people, <laughs> and then uh, I hope you're encouraged, but at any point, um, feel free to get in touch with me as well. My details are also somewhere in the bio. Apart from that, I hope you enjoy this episode and this conversation that I have with Craig about the Bible and scripture and its authority. And I'll see you on the other side of this. Yes, sir, I can't do that one. Thank you. Get my chunky bottle out. Um, <laughs> the amount of time that's number said, one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think you realize. I'm just like, you, he loves that word. <laughs> oh, look, it, it's just a nice, easy word for me to go to. That's all. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think there's more to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, okay, so you're looking at 2 Timothy 3.16? Yes. Yeah, cool. 
This is my notepad that I do all my handwritten notes for before Philbin Theology. Oh, wow. So, and I did bring the holy book itself. <laughs> um Plus, just in case, I brought my little Ungers Bible handbook oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, look at that. Um, pretty, that's actually really good. <laughs> that's a handy little resource for correct exegesis. Plus, um, I forgot to grab it on my way out. I was going to bring my concordance up as well, just so we could look at the Greek or Hebrew. I don't think I have concordance here. It's all right. All right, mate, not everybody is God's chosen. That's right. That is correct. That is correct. Many are called, few are chosen. That's the one. That's another part of the Bible. It's funny, actually. I was saying to somebody the other day, because we we got into the conversation about... um, I'm recording, by the way. Oh. Which is fine. Great. Keep going. (laughs) Um, We got into a conversation about... um, uh, American Gospel, Christ Alone, so the first one. Mm. Um, and she was a fairly new Christian, so she hadn't really heard about a lot, like a lot of the concepts that they pulled out, and they, she wasn't really knowledgeable on what um, uh, Prosperity Gospel or Word of Faith movement was. Yeah. And um, she was like, yeah, but like, how do they know that that's not, what the Greek or the Hebrew says, like how do we how do we even get those definitions? I'm like, have you heard of a concordance? She's like, no. Like, okay, cool. Um, get a concordance, <laughs> and and you'll Start be able it. to figure it out. Like, because yeah. um, I use Strong's exhaustive, so it's it's still based off the KJV, and I'm not a KJV only person. I'm more of an ESV only person, but the the good thing about it is it's Every word has been given a number. It's not just the important words, but it's also and the is in it, like all little conjunction words. And it really helps to just narrow down, like, what does that Hebrew word mean? Mm. When we talk about atonement, what does atonement mean? When we talk about justification, what does that mean? When we talk about spirit, which word are they using? You know, when we talk about word, are we using... Logos, or are we using the other one, um, Rhema? Yeah, because yeah, it's not just the big words that are important. It's the way that not just the Greeks, but even the Hebrews constructed their sentences and phrases. Yes, absolutely. That um, that we need to know about. So there's the the comma means a lot. <laughs> yeah, depending on where you put it. Yep. Um, the plural. Yeah, and even even in the case of like, you know, if we're talking about a singular word, you can still take that singular word and pull it out of context and it remains something completely different. But at least with a concordance, you can go, okay, I've got the word, I know what it says in the Greek, and that tells me that it's a compound of these two words. Mm. So what do those two words mean? And where are they used in context? Yeah. And you can kind of start to paste together not so much a working like vocabulary of Greek, but you can piece together a working sort of knowledge of how it works. So you don't need to speak Koine Greek, and you don't need to speak Hebrew or Chaldee or Aramaic. You can get along with a concordance well enough to understand. Yeah. Um, so that, they found that very helpful. Yeah. And, I hope and that, that is a good place to start for anybody who's listening. Get a concordance. 
Yeah. Bloody yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. So, uh, thank you, Craig, for agreeing to do this. And at some point, somebody uh, who disagrees with you, I'll make sure that I link all of your details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me back. Um, and, you know. Allowing me to spout more heresy across your podcast, it's good. <laughs> they can just message Craig. If you have any problems with what he says or what I say. Um, Speaking of, did, did you have any feedback from last week? Was there anything that came up that somebody messaged you being like, that dude's a heretic? Or, no. Because I'd like to know. No. <laughs> so far, so good. I think people are enjoying themselves, enjoying you. Okay, good. Because um, I'm, I'm quite. <laughs> did um, you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm quite. Um, I'm quite uh, conscious of the fact that I don't know it all, and I'd love to be corrected by somebody who does know more. Yeah. Um, I, I did end up sending it to one of my um, non-Christian mates who actively identifies an atheist as an atheist. So um, he copped a lot of my background in history and stuff, which you know. He really appreciated. It. So yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from now. So um, yeah, because you did share your testimony as well, yep. which was great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's going to definitely help facilitate some more conversation as well. Yeah. That's so good. Eh? Oh. What did he think? What was his feedback? Um, his feedback was uh, short. In that, like, it was a hey, thanks for sending me this. Mm. Um, happy to like want to chat further. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I haven't seen him yet. So <laughs> we'll see sure. no how we go. Yeah. You just move the beautiful table a bit closer. So we're not Thank you. Leaning yes. so far. Whoa. Whoa. The table called beautiful, like the gate. Yeah. <laughs> like the gate. <laughs> there is a hole through it. Theology puns. It's good. <laughs> okay. Let's start. So, I wanted to start here at where um, I had actually forgotten, but um, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. I'm reading from our, our holy version. Maybe we should actually talk about different translations of the Bible, because um, that's probably part of the conversation to have at some point. Sure. Um, all scripture is God-breathed. I'm reading from the NIV. Do you have that? I have the ESV. Our Lord and Saviour's favourite version. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is what we call the revealed text. That's a joke. That's a joke. Just in case anybody takes that and runs with it. Like, no, that's, a, that's absolutely a joke. What's the revealed text? <laughs> We're not, um, we're not practicing Gnosticism. You know, there, is, there is no secret knowledge. <laughs> um, so it reads, obviously we're coming in the middle of a conversation. I guess I'll start from verse 14. Mm. Um, Paul writing to Timothy, But as for you, continue in what you've learnt and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you, you learnt it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith 
in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'll just finish the sentence because it's a full sentence. So that the servant, the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. Read your ESV. Sure. Uh, from 13, right? Yeah. 13 or 14? I think you started uh, at 14. Did I say 14? Yeah. But as for you, continue in what you have learned yeah. and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learnt it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, I guess our first point of topic is what the Bible says about the Bible. This is one of probably the more um, the most quoted bits where mm. the Bible talks about itself. Um, and I guess <clears throat> for me part of this um, you know, talking to you is talking about you being um, a, a student of the Bible, a student of the Word. I um, I wanted to have a chat with you about about this whole idea and this whole notion of where the Bible sits in a believer's life because um, a lot of it is misunderstood, a lot of it is misquoted, taken out of context. Um, there is um, there is also sometimes this whole idea or, or movement of read something in the Bible and claim it, try to appropriate it to yourself. Should probably um, turn that off. <laughs> on silent. Mine's on silent, I reckon. Um, <clears throat> and so there, there's so many misconceptions about Scripture, about the Bible, um, which I think you know, there's quite a ton to go from there. But um, let's start with what the Bible says about the Bible. My thing was Bible and the Bible, uh, which I sent to you, but um, I wanted to start here, um, which this is the word talking about itself, mm. the written word, we mean, not, not the living word, who is Jesus. Yep. Um, Logos. <coughs> Logos, not Rhema. Logos, not Rhema. Now explain those two terms. So, <clears throat> in the Greek, uh, Logos is referring to the written word of mm -hmm. God, so Old Testament scripture and New Testament writings. Mm -hmm. um, Rhema is talking about the word of God incarnate. Um, so, too many things that I'm holding. Um, as I said to you before, I did a little bit of brush up. Um, a little bit of brushing up. Yeah, so... Um, Logos could be could be described as an expression of a thought mm. versus rhema, which is the actual spoken word of God. So when we see the Old Testament mouthpieces where it says, thus the Lord says, or the Lord commandeth, or the Lord saith, mm. um, it is referring to rhema. 
Um, so anything in the New Testament which is uh, referring back to old scripture and it's directly quoting what the Lord said. Mm-hmm. Rhema versus written word of God where it's talking about Old Testament scripture. All right. That's nice and clear. <laughs> Good. Correct. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, now, we, we, there is a lot, obviously, in the, in scripture that is, do you think this is probably thinking um, with this verse, do you think that it's referring to all of Logos and Rhema, as God breathed, um, initial? In this, in this particular verse, um, without having my concordance with me, I would suggest that it's talking about the Old Testament and by implication the Gospels, mm. the four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, as the early writings. Um, but I think as with most chapters of the Bible, we should probably look into the context of why this letter was written. Mm. Um, so in my handy ASV, um, it's the study version, so I actually get a bit of a breakdown of when it was written and who for. Um, so, the date for to Second Timothy uh, is probably, according to the scholars, AD 64 to 65, though some would place it as late as 67. So, <clears throat> it would definitely be referring to the, um, the earlier of the Gospels yeah. um, as the word of God, the breath of God, all scripture is God breathed. Yeah. Um, but we're also talking about all of the Old, Test- Old Testament. Now, it might be poignant to point out this does not include the Apocrypha or the Pseudepigrapha. So those two were not included in Old Testament scripture. And if you ask any Jew, they will ask you what the heck is an apocryphal or a pseudepigrapha. They might know about it, but they don't use it as scripture. Okay. Um, apocrypha? Uh, apocrypha is um, detailing between Malachi and Matthew. There's 400 years of what we would call in the Protestant church the 400 years of silence. Yep. Um, this doesn't mean that God stopped moving or that the Jews were not busy. Um, they, there was a lot of stuff that yeah. went on through there and there was a lot of history that happened, mm. but it's not particularly something that we would consider as scripture and holy scripture um, because it is mainly historical. So uh, Maccabees um, uh, and... Um, oh, name just went out of my head. I had it for a second, but there's a couple of books in there which detail the changeover from the Malachi structure of how the world works mm-hmm. into Roman authority and what happened when the Romans came through. Right. So, big... so if if I recall correctly, there's some of the um, some of the pretend messiahs as well. Yeah. That kind of rise up. Yep. There's a few attempts by Jewish Jewish heads, for lack of a better word, or yep. rebellious groups to actually try and come yep. out from under Roman oppression. Yep. Um, but the name that pops into my head is Josephus, if I'm right. I think that might be 
that might be a bit skew if, but I haven't read the Apocrypha for a very long time for obvious reasons. Stick <laughs> <laughs> to uh, scripture. Yeah, well, yeah, when I was back in Bible college, it was interesting, but I, I haven't got a book in my home at the moment that has the Apocrypha in it. So, right. um, But yeah, you, you're exactly right. And there's some, there's some where uh, the Messiah rose up and then he was killed, mm. and it's like, oh, you mustn't be the Messiah. Um, and something on that as well, something we need to know about Jewish culture is the Messiah wasn't ever meant to die. That that was one of the messianic expectations. Right. He was meant to come and liberate and be the eternal king. Right. He wasn't supposed to die. Which when we look at the cross, we suddenly have a little bit of a clearer picture as to why it was so confronting for them that the Messiah came to die yeah. and then was resurrected, yeah. fulfilling what he needed to fulfill, fulfilling the law, fulfilling the prophecies, and then raising bodily wow. and being the king. Yeah. So you've got um, this expectation that the Messiah was not meant to die, which is why these messiahs are left out of our scripture at the moment, well, forever, because yeah. they died. Yeah, They're not right. the messiah, and they laid claim to things that they were not meant to be laid claim to. So yeah. that is the Apocrypha. <laughs> awesome. Pseudepigrapha is a little different. Um, Pseudepigrapha is uh, from the Greek word pseudo, um, which is like when you look at uh, pseudoscience, it's like semi-science. Or if you look at um, pseudepigrapha, it's meaning um, like written with a stage name or written with a... A different name attached to it when it's clearly not that person who wrote it yeah so there's letters from Paul there's letters from Timothy there's letters from Barnabas in there that you go they didn't write that yeah and it's some of its copy paste from some of the different texts and you can look at it and go okay well you've clearly taken that from Colossians yeah. and you've then applied it to this letter yeah. and then you've added something from Galatians so mm. what we look at with these is we go they were probably in circulation as general beneficence to the church or they were in circulation spouting heresy under the guise of like this is a letter to a church yeah so that that's those two that's awesome <laughs> no that's good to know um so let's uh let's talk a little bit more uh, i see you've got some notes there yes yes so let's go through these notes um there's actually a lot of notes here. So <laughs> yeah, you talk and I'll stop you and I'll ask questions. <laughs> okay. Um, the notes that I have here, they're probably not as relevant to the scripture being God-breathed just at the moment. Mm. Um, so maybe let's talk about that God-breathed. Um, yeah. Because um, that's a pretty big claim. Claim and how do we, how do we, what are the implications of that? Um, so, implications of it being God breathed is it removes the aspect of human error. Um, it removes the idea that it could be wrong or contradictory or um, it could be incorrect in any way because. It wasn't. It was penned by a human, mm -hmm. but the inspiration was divine. Right. So, and it's not as though God 
like overtook somebody and it was penned. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, as Vody Borkham would say, it's a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses in the lifetime of eyewitnesses. Yeah. So if you look at the text that way, you can go, okay, well, this is obviously, especially Old Testament writings, is historical for a lot of it. There is some apocalyptic poetry in there. There's some chronicle. There's mm -hmm. some genealogy. Um, and then there's the poetry of the Psalms and the wisdom literature of um, Proverbs. But a lot of it is historical, mm. and you can look at it as such. It was word-of-mouth tradition passed down and then written, um, some think, in the time of Moses, yeah. that Moses penned some of the Old Testament. Um, and this is where we can kind of look at and go, okay, well, if it's God-breathed, then surely there's got to be a theme, yeah. right? Surely there's got to be some thread that connects everything together, mm -hmm. and we see that in the culmination of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Everything Old Testament law, and we talked about this last session, I believe, yeah, did. splitting it into three sections, law, Jesus, gospel. Mm -hmm. You have law, which has all the prophecies in it, yeah. moving Israel from um, garden, fall of man, through to Abraham, Abraham being brought out into friend of God, being yeah. named Abraham, right the way through to Moses, when they're bringing them out of, out of Egypt, out of slavery, because God remembered Israel. That's right. Um, and then moving from all of the crud that they put themselves through in that 40 years in the desert um, into the promised land and then oh, from crud. the promised land moving into more crud and then <laughs> <laughs> finally finally, we find ourselves at Jesus at the cross. And this entire culmination, uh, I, I could send you a picture actually. Um, I might just quickly, for, for the sake of the podcast... You guys won't be able to see this, but there was something we were taught back in um, Bible colleges, how we could draw this line out. Or how to really try hard to spill your tea. Yes, yes, <laughs> which, which, which I didn't. <laughs> well done. So, it's one small victory. <laughs> so... This is the line that I'm talking about. So yeah, right. We start with yeah. the straight line here, which is creation mm -hmm. through to Abraham. Right. Okay. And then at this juncture here, <clears throat> this is the um, sojourn down into Egypt. So the um, 400 which, years. Well, they went there willingly to start with. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always think of the um, the old children's flick, The Prince of Egypt, um, yes, where right. it's talking about the famine and everything that um, everything that uh, the Israelites went through, and then having to um, sell Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat yeah. <laughs> into prison, right. slavery, all the rest of it, then being um, named as one of the princes of Egypt, or uh, at the time I believe it was a um, overseer of yeah. a big part of Egypt. Yeah. Following that, 400 years pass, mm -hmm. slavery happens <laughs> to the Israelites. Um, change of leadership tends to mess things up managerial-wise. Yep. And we have this starting period of um, Egyptian slavery. And my pen's running out of ink. There we go. That's all I have is a bad pen. So Egyptian slavery, which runs on for... 400 years or so, mm -hmm. 
And then we have Exodus at the next mark, which brings them up mm. into what should be promised land, but it's not. Um, ends up being 40 years of 40 years of trauma, let's say. Absolutely in, in trauma. In that space there. With an insane amount of blessing. Yeah, that's it. And, and I think that's one of the important things to note. Israel was never forgotten by God. Yeah. He was just like, you have done this to yourselves. <laughs> you have to suffer my wrath now because the perfection hasn't come yet. Yeah. So we just have to kind of live with this. And then from that 400 years, we actually have some fairly decent years in the in-between. There's still stuff that happens, but there's some decent years in the in-between yeah. where we have the kings and, um, you know, uh, Saul, David, um, yeah. Solomon, all the rest of that. And then what happens is we have a why in the, in the line here. We have the, the people that end up going up to Ephraim um, into slavery under Babylon yeah. um, and just get wiped. There's there's no there's no reconnection with Israel, and then you have the ones who go down into Judah, and eventually become what we see as ethnic uh, ethnic Israel now. Ethnic Israel. Yeah. So that that line's a really handy thing to refer back to when you're trying to trace the story mm. and go, okay, where are we in the story? Yeah. Are we there yet? <laughs> are we at the point of Jesus yet? Um, so yeah, in terms of a common thread. That's what we look at, especially mm. Old Testament. That's a really simple way to yeah. sum up from creation mm -hmm. through to Abraham, down into Egypt, the 400 years in Egypt, the 40 years of, of suffering that they put themselves through coming out of Egypt in the Exodus, mm -hmm. the fairly decent years, which stuff still happens, but it's still fairly decent. There's yeah. prosperous years for Israel. Mm -hmm. And then the Ephraim-Judah split. Yeah. And that's, that's how we get to where we are now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Um, so why why is it so important? Because I, I mean we we tend to remove Jesus from mm. the Old Testament quite a lot. Sure. Um, even though he's still there. Even though he's all over it. Um, <laughs> and I guess it's not for a lack of there be teaching about it. Um, it's that. You know, when 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 we be, people become Christians, it's not that the first thing, like they're advised, read your Bible and pray, um, but it's not quite kind of like the first go to. Hey, let me mm. read the story of essentially where my my Savior's family comes from, his lineage, what's the history of the world? Because looking at it and and looking at the things that are happening in the Bible, uh, I don't know where I got it from, but you can actually see major things that happen in lives of believers clearly out laid out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just, and, and it, it's kind of like a predictor, really. It's like, if you know. Yeah, I think uh, one of the pertinent verses here is um, nothing is new under the sun. Mm. Um, and history repeats, exactly. you know. And I think one of the reasons why we need to learn the Old Testament, um, to refer to the original question, is mm. that... We need to understand what we are being saved from. Because when a new believer comes to Christ, and this is this is a bit of a contentious point. Um, yeah. Some people believe that um, we are saved from our addictions, our old way of life, and that's what we're saved from. 
Yeah, but no. Um, yeah, but no. Okay. okay. We, we are saved from our old lives um, in the way that we no longer have to live that way because we're under Jesus. But we're actually saved from God's wrath. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what we're learning through the Old Testament, mm. is that even though Israel chooses another God above him, Yahweh, even though Israel chooses to have judges mm. instead of God, yeah. even though they have to disseminate more law throughout, you know, the the Pentateuch, the um, the the whole idea of the Ten Commandments needing more clarification. Yeah. It's really strange to me, <laughs> at least. Like, I understand that there is certain things that we need to know and and need to kind of figure out, but like, it's pretty clear. Uh, you know, love the Lord God with all your heart. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like. That's- I love what Jesus says, um, where he's questioned about the Ten Commandments, and the response is um, the the greatest commandment, right? Yeah. What's the greatest commandment? Yeah. And Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your body, right? Yeah. And then he follows that very quickly with, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. So all he really does is give a summary of one through four, followed closely by five through ten. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> of what's the greatest commandment? All of all them. Of- <laughs> Start with God and then people, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah, it's it's <laughs> this idea that we understand that we are saved from our lives right now, yeah. but our lives right now do not reflect the mercy and the grace and the loving kindness of our heavenly Father. The story of Israel does. Mm. The story of mm-hmm. Israel, where He brings them from creation and the fall immediately sacrifices an animal to cover them. So there's a blood covenant in place. Follow that closely with what happens between Cain and Abel and Cain bringing a vegetable offering where no blood is shed, followed by a offering from Abel, which is blood. And he's honoring the covenant and not honoring the covenant. It's it's two different things. And this is where I draw my biblical thing about like vegetarian is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's moving swiftly forward. But all throughout the Old Testament, we see this blood covenant that has to be renewed. Every time the vassal state of Israel has committed a crime against the covenant of the Lord, they have to shed blood. And it has to get to the point where, okay, I have had enough blood sacrifices. It doesn't cover it. Mm -hmm. So I am going to send my one and only son, Mm. whom I love, to let him die for you yeah. and he will be the perfect sacrifice mm-hmm. because he is God. Yeah. He's not me, the father, he's God. Yeah. He's one of the Trinity. Yeah. So you then have this good news and that's the entire point about this good news. When we split the Bible up between law, Christ and gospel, the gospel follows the law yeah. and follows Christ. He doesn't follow like the gospel doesn't follow just Christ, because Christ in himself is not good news. If you tell somebody, hey man, somebody sent their son to die for you and everything that you've done, you kind of get this question like, why would a father kill his son just yes. for me? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But you have to understand that it is to save you from the law yeah. and to bring you into right standing with God, because it doesn't matter how good of a person you were before you met Christ. It is not a works-based theology. Mm. It is simply God has sent his son to die for you to protect you from his wrath. Yeah. Um, 
Mm. So yeah, that's that's the whole story in a nutshell. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, and it's awesome because that's it, it shows it so clearly that mm. my my life with God's intervention um, is very much like Israel, where yeah. I have times where I'll oh, what's that? You're providing for me and I don't my, you know, I don't have to buy clothes. That's so convenient. I just yeah. go and do whatever I want to do. Um, whereas he's actually drawing us into himself. And so one of the things as well that I guess I, uh, you know, just looking back at that verse, I guess that comes, comes back up is this whole idea of making, um, making the Bible about about ourselves mm. but it's a narrative about ourselves yeah. which which is where i, I kind of want to be really careful because he's saying it's god breathed and it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness and it's not there to train god in righteousness yeah it's not there to teach god anything yeah. it's um well he wrote it, he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Um, and he writes it for us. He, he brings it into us, uh, into our re- reality, uh, penned by people, so that we would have it. We would be corrected, um, but it's really still about him. It's not about us. It's not about anything. In, 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 not when we when we come in, we're not the main characters of the Bible. We're not the main characters at all. We're. Yep. Um, we're on the sidelines where it's, we're actually just meant to be pointing back to Jesus yep. uh, as the scriptures so do um, in and of themselves. Because Jesus said, um, you search the scriptures because you think in them you'll find eternal life. But they're the ones that are pointing to me. And essentially that's... Truly, truly, I say to you, no one will come to the Father but through me. I yeah. am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Yep. And he's very clear about it. Um. hey guys that is the end of that episode whether you're listening to episode one two or three i hope that that has not been the only one that you've listened to so if you have only listened to one of the three episodes i encourage you to go back and to listen to the other one so you have a fuller picture of this two-hour conversation. And if you love the Bible, I hope that this has been rich to you. It's been informative. It's been encouraging and challenging um, for you to go back and to look at certain things, maybe the assumptions that you are carrying about the Bible, about what it means, what it says, what Jesus thinks about it, to go back to talk to somebody who knows what they know, who knows what they're talking about and... Um, yeah, take it from there. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I'm going to have Craig come back for future episodes and future conversations. Love talking to Craig and love his perspective on life, on how things are going. So if you're new, um, welcome and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and to um, listen to this. I hope you were encouraged. If you are returning, thank you as well for lending your ear. I look forward to releasing more of these, to continuing to explore uh, my passion of talking about Jesus and how his, um, his reality, his kingdom, his way of thinking, his leading is impacting and continues to impact our world and leading us into transformation. So stay along for the journey, stay along for 
how this unfolds and um, I really believe there's quite a lot of things that are unfolding inside of our world a lot of people that are being called into greater spaces and places to be able to contribute to the world around and um, I'm looking forward to the changes that that bring into our world aside from that you will be hearing from me in this podcast uh, or in various other things and stuff that I'm getting involved on this has been honest chats with Craig I'm your host JL and I'll see you very 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 soon